0: Toffee Blues, your source for all things Everton, and welcome to another podcast where we'll be starting off as usual with the extra time segment. Where Teddy Owen and I will be here to look back on another hard slog of a watch as Everton labour to a 1 1 draw with Aston Villa. And then Teddy and I will be joined by Thomas to look ahead to our upcoming away game at Bramall Lane, our final away game of the season against Sheffield United, in another match preview segment. Thomas will also be joining us for the middle bit in between, and he and Teddy will be slugging it out at the end as well in our quiz. So there's loads to get through. As you know, the segments are separate videos on YouTube, as always, so I'll introduce them and whatnot. So let's get to it and look back on the draw against Villa. Back to the extra time second for Everton 1, Aston Villa 1. I'm joined by Teddy McAllister and Owen Parks for this one, and we're going to be looking back on yet another subpar Everton performance. Only this time we somehow got a point. terry you'll start with you. Did you enjoy that yesterday?
1: One thing I enjoy in it is the uh, the words I'd use. It was the manager said that we were going to get a response, didn't he? And and we you know we certainly did for twenty minutes. 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, that that first drinks break killed us right off. We you know the the effort. It's got to be said the effort was an improvement from Wolves, but I don't think it could have been any worse. You know, the, the players seemed like they were. You know they were bang up for the game and they wanted to prove a point, but then once the drink break it and villa got to get through us, it came down to quality and you know like like I said in the preview Villa have got a much better midfield than us, and it showed they just haven't got a striker who can score goals um they if they added if they had an half decent striker we'd have lost that game comfortably because they they would run in the midfields and I feel like we talk about it every segment, every every show. The midfield just isn't up to up to up to scratch because even players who like it's weird. Like, okay, you know, Andre Gomez and Bernard, for example. Like, even no one would say they were very impactful players, even when they were playing. Like, you know, what a lot of people consider to be their best football, they never really got involved in the goals or the assists or even the chances created. But they were tardy the footballers like Andre Gomez could keep the ball, shield the ball, recycle it. Bernard, <clears throat> you know, had a good, you know, good touch and he was, you know, he links up well with Luca Dean. The two of them at the minute. They, they, like, they don't seem like they've played before. Like they, every time they get it, they're losing possession and getting dispossessed. And it's just uh, it's it's just compounded a lot of other issues. Like obviously we've got the injuries to the defensive midfielders in Delphine and which, you know. Been the case all along, but we could have really done without like players who you can usually rely on to at least you know keep the ball and you know move it on. And you know you don't want to rave about Bernard and Gomez, but usually you'd expect them to be better footballers than well, they have been. Usually one of the better ones, yeah. But yeah, I mean, source. you couldn't. Add, I mean, I think, I think now you know, you know, almost a bit of pariah, a bit of a pariah before the lockdown for Colin Gomez, calling out Gomez on his. I'll his, tell you what
0: I was just about to say uh, we've got Owen on the show, so I think if, if anyone's going to be a Gomez detractor, I think we'll let him say his piece. Well, everyone be self included when they saw
1: Owen like talking down about our Andre. At first, we're like, what's this lad on? And now it seems like he was ahead of the game, doesn't it? Like he's he he saw it before anyone else. But even even before like these games, like, all right, you, he didn't, you know, Gomez didn't, you know. Moved the needle on the Al on the, uh, the the statue. You know, he didn't contribute as much as many people thought he did. But even Owen, I'm sure, would say like he was a tidy footballer. He could keep the ball, he could pass. And he's it's totally deserted him. So I've gone off on a tangent on Gomez and Bernard. But basically the midfield got battered again. And we were lucky
0: to get everything from the game. Top and bottom of it. I saw a horrible statistic actually on Twitter last night. And it was Wofford, of course, uh, 17th in the league at the moment. Barely stayed up by the looks of it. Um, and Andre Gomez has been dribbled past 159 times
2: this season, which is more than Capoue, Decore and Will Hughes combined. That's that reprobate with Luke McKenzie, isn't it? And he's up to his old tricks, to see. <laughs>
0: <It's> just, <laughs> I think, were these the kind of things that you were sceptical of in the first place, Owen? When it comes to Gomez.
2: Well, before we bought him or before lockdown. Yeah,
0: I mean before lockdown when you first started right.
2: calling him out. Well, it weren't much calling him out, it was this thing that we only needed one midfielder and I put that issue to people and they said, No, we don't definitely only need one because Gomez is in yes the to Mark too. And <laughs> I've said that no, no one's ever seen any evidence of this. He's alright on the ball, he can recycle her a bit, but put pour, pour him up in a proper battle and he just goes high like the rest of them. And he had done for the previous eighteen months. He created one big chance in eighteen months before, before yesterday, where he created a couple. I don't know why he doesn't do that more often because he's pretty good at finding a decent pass. He just never seems to get into the positions. But that's Gomez. Bernard, on the other hand, he, he's regressing massively. When he first came to the club, I was a bit of a fan of him because when he came in, he looked like he could create and he could score. He, he went scoring, but he looked like he was getting in the positions too. The last couple of weeks, he's he's up there with Balassi, to be honest, in like 17, 18 version of Balassi where he just couldn't kick a ball straight.
0: But to be and, honest, I think to be honest, I think it's worse than Balassi because at least Balassi can hold and hold himself up and not get knocked over constantly. No, I've never seen a player get knocked off the ball as easily as Bernard. And I know he's not pretty diminutive, but
2: no, it's still I, embarrassing
0: no. how easy he gets knocked off it.
2: No, I'm I'm not a huge I wasn't a huge fan of Bernard before the lockdown even. I didn't think he'd done anything since about October either, but at least with Bernard, I always thought he could get into good positions, pick a pass, and even if he weren't directly contributing, he'd force a man to take him and then that would free up space with someone else. But he's just people just look at him and think don't need to go near him. I I, I listen to fans of other clubs, not Everton fans speak about Andre Gomez and Bernard and they genuinely think they're woeful. He watched them and think we've got players who we feel who cost well Bernard didn't cost anything but have lesser reputations than these two and they offered so much more and I agree with them because I just don't scare anything from them I don't think we add to the game and I want a team of everyone players who add to what we're doing rather than just become bit part players and I think this has come from. I'm not going to criticise Man City, but they, or teams like that, who have like a whole midfielder who doesn't necessarily do much in the game in terms of goals and that, but he recycles the ball well. And that would have been fine if that's what Gomez is, is, but he's not even doing that at the moment. That being said, Guilfi Sigurdsson and Tom Davis give him a real run for his money, and I think Sigurdsson probably eclipses him at the moment.
0: Yeah, I think it's, I mean, to be fair, Sigurdsson didn't really get on the pitch for long. Yesterday and didn't have time to embarrass him, embarrass himself as much as he did against Wolves. But you know he still didn't do a lot, did he?
2: He had that one shot at the end, anyway. So it got deflected wide. But again, he's he's even worse because he's not even passable.
0: I mean, what about Tom? That, but I was, sorry, that's what I was, was going
1: to say. I was going to say yeah, like, The, the, the midfield options, like you know, Gomez is you know, badly out of form. Bernards badly out of form. But it's like. Just for Gomez. Like what what can he do? Like he's the other two are even worse. Like I'd I'd still start Gomez next game. Like, because I'd rather have him on the pitch than Sigurdsson. And I don't think say, um, Gomez and Sigurdsson together um works either. So it's like and and there's someone watching this now going, Benny me I think it's time we give up on that. He wasn't even on the bench, it's not gonna happen. So I think just a case of your dad said was he? No, he wasn't, he wasn't
2: on the bench. I So there we go then.
1: But rightly or wrongly, you got to, you know, you got to at least, you know, acknowledge that Carlo Ancelotti knows more about football than, than any Everton fan. So You can say that,
0: be... you can not say that, but why isn't he blooding some kids at this stage? Because, you know, there's the not, not nothing to play for.
1: Uh, well, it depends how you look at it. You know, league position is a thing. You know, like setting standards is a thing. He 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 wants to win these games. I don't think he's well, he's clearly not the same manager. We've sat now, seen who writes off Ted Rubbers. He wants to win the matches. The players aren't obviously getting the message. The players
0: aren't. The players aren't. Del- <laughs> the players he's picking aren't delivering. So he might as
2: well try something different. Yeah, yeah, but but you've got to look at it in the sense that it's the integrity of the league. If we throw eleven kids from the under twenty prison. Watford and West Ham. are going to be like, what are they? What's going on here? We've, yeah. got, we've got teams against Villa, but we play Villa and Bournemouth, both who are in the fight of the lives. If we start playing me and Terry in midfield, as much as that probably wouldn't be any worse than what we've got, it's still to do with the, the whole way the league is shaped and there's points to be aimed. We get whacked the last 2 3 nil no, and we have 11 kids in, but people aren't going to look at that anymore positively. We draw them 1-1 one, one, and Tom Davis plays.
0: But it's it's again, it's one of those. I think there does need to be... You know, we, we don't really blood enough kids at the moment, I don't think. I think some of the under 23s could maybe you know just see what they can do, and if they don't do well, then okay. But we've been embarrassed in three of our last four games, so yeah, no. no, no. so why not try something a little bit different? I get Absolutely. what you're saying, yeah,
1: but it's just it, it, he has done it though. Like Gordon was not a player before the lockdown, like Grant was not a, was not a player before the lockdown, and now you'd you'd look and go, well, what did you get out of the game? Um, that little mini tournament of Premier League games well we've got two more players there and we didn't think we had he sort of has but he's he, I know what you're saying I, I would like him to play you know well at least where he's keen. I'm not saying he's look good when he's come on but you know I'd like to see him get an actual full game and I'm not saying oh, you know, we'll, we'll play him in a full game and he'd be class but you know what why not like just play him but I, I I think Owen's right like you can't just with an allegation battle you can't just go right then there's um Markello and there's uh and Benigamy playing and because you know, West Ham and, and Watford, especially West Ham, are already a little bit pissed off that they're playing these games and my cool down. So you don't want to be getting yourself in any trouble um by not playing a proper team because it has it has happened before where teams have gone to the Premier League when the teams have not played proper teams. It's that that
0: whole that, that, that's
1: there, that's
2: their problem though, isn't it? At the end of the day. It's that whole thing years ago when Liverpool were playing Fulham. And they were in the battle with Sheffield United, and Benita's played Steven Derby. <laughs> Got beat
0: yeah. one. Alan Warner lost the plot, didn't he? Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you you say it's their problem. It's it becomes our problem if we do that. I, I know what you're saying. Like, you know, this team's not playing well. So why are we why are we holding them up as these can win the game? But this this is a this is a manager who's see he's been everywhere, seen it and done it all. Like I understand that questioning the manager when you've got a Joker like Silva or Martinez or even kuman at one point. Um but when you've got a, a, a manager like, like Ancelotti I think you know no managers ever be question. But I think for things like this you've got to just go, what's the you know it, you know it's a few dead rubbers at the end. He must know he but he sees them all in training. He must not rape Penning. He must not rate you know a few other players in centre midfield because he can't be looking at Tickets and Doing not and pointing, and Davies and Gomez getting dispossessed every gate, every two minutes. And think, well, I've got a better midfielder there, but I'm not going to bother with him like he, the, he mustn't be very In, good.
0: Is that where do you think the, the issue lies? That these under 23 players aren't good enough? I mean, Billingham is, I know he's getting towards 23 anyway, I think, so maybe his ship sailed. But what about the even younger lads? Are they just not ready, maybe? or Yeah, probably. I mean, he's played Gordon
1: he must have looked and went well he's ready the rest aren't like he's shown with Gordon that if he thinks he's good enough he'll play him I didn't think we'd see Gordon I thought Gordon would be getting the most skinned minutes like he'd be coming on for 20 minutes or like you know five minutes at the end you know but when the lockdown finished I thought that's what Gordon role would be but he's like our most crucial midfielder at the minute like so yeah. he's clearly he's clearly not against playing a kid if he thinks he's good
0: enough but if he thinks he's good enough is the key I think that is it, and I mean to be fair, Moise Keane, what we have seen, hasn't really been good enough, has he?
2: No, um, the issue with Moise Keane is, for, for he will do one good thing where he'll turn someone and go on, and then he'll just kick his eyes or go into the stands or just. Yeah, he did, he did exactly yeah. that yesterday, didn't he? Yeah, that's the example I'm using. But he does so, he does a good thing and then a bad thing. And I, I, as much as I, I do agree, I do think he needs to start, I think possibly Bournemouth before yeah, the end of yeah. the season. I, I, I do worry and think, I, I do wonder if he'll be at Everton next season, to be honest, and that's not my opinion. I think that'll be their opinion.
0: Well, uh, I I mean, it's not like Everton fans to be knee If We signed them last summer and he was meant to be the new Lukaku and I saw comparisons to Nias yesterday.
2: <laughs> it's Everton, isn't it? Uh,
0: yeah. I mean, I'm I'm at the point with
1: Keane where I'm I'm ambivalent to it. He, he, I think I've said this before, but he's not one I worry about because he's in a position of the team that's quite settled. Like there's two players clearly ahead of him now. You know, the last couple of games they've not been playing well, but big picture wise, those two are that. You know, Calvert Lewin and Richarlison are our two first first three strikers. So Keane can afford to you know come on and you know even there play you know hopefully from the start and the odd dead rubber, you know feel his way in. Um, because there's, you know, touchwood though injuries. There's, you know, there's established players ahead of them. Whereas the midfield is a crisis right now. You know, like it's that that's a totally different kettle of fish. You're someone need, you know, like the strikers are not a problem at the minute because if they were, if we had midfielders who were creating chances and the two of them couldn't score, then you could point the finger at them. But Calvin Lewin's not been playing well the last few games at all. But I just can't blame him because. He's got nothing, has he? He's he's, get, he's getting like one chance a game,
0: and if he's not scoring it, he's getting criticized. And somebody pointed out actually during the game yesterday, like we've noticed Calvert Lewin and Richardson about drifting really wide to try and involve themselves in the game. And that's to the detriment of the scoring chances as well, because they're they're trying to make the service themselves instead of actually getting adequate service.
1: Calvert Lewin looks tired. Like I, I it's it's something that, you know, because very demanding of the team no one's acknowledging that like you know fatigue would be a thing and you know because other teams don't forget like Southampton started poorly and are now playing well we've started well and are now playing poorly it's you know Calvert-Lewin is one of probably the most he covers probably the most grounds of any player on the pitch whenever Everton play and he's playing a lot and he's not scoring he's not getting much rewards you know he's not he's doing it all for nothing really he's not getting any chances to try and score Apart from the one or two, which you know he is fluffing, he's out of form. But I think he looks tired, and this is yes. why I think well, Keene Keane could probably start, um, even if you don't see wholesale changes. Because even though Keane's not been playing well either, he will be fresher than him um, than go. Um, I'm
2: addicted to same Gomez, Albert Lewin. You've got the thing now. You're looking at Gomez, and there's every bad move. Yeah, well, i he... still. I'm...
0: Even when Calvert Lewin's like sk- skies it over to a kick over the bar, it's like that's Gomez's fault. That, yeah.
2: Well, he's James he, Paul Pogba. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, I'm. Um, I'm still. I'm still not ready to throw me a uh, throw me bad gin for Gomez. Like I'm still. I'm still part of the club. But uh, I'm, I'm having to hold my ends up. go, yeah. He, he's, he's not. To been, Gomez, he's not been to him well. Yeah. yeah, but it's one of them as well. It's. It's. I keep saying this, and. I, I'm, People will be sick of me. This is this is nothing we don't already know. We knew going into these games, we're going to play 4-4-2 with Sigurds and Gomez and Davies as the three midfielders. That's going to be really rough. And and I think that and the fatigue and everything else is bleeding onto the rest of the team. Now the strikers look knackered. The defenders, you know, it's... They're overworked. 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 Um, the midfielders, the three midfielders themselves are starting to get worse. Like Davies and Gomez didn't start as badly as they're playing now but it's, it's, it's a cute I think any of our players we made up to see the season finish now just because I don't think they've got much in the tank now
0: I think is that testament to the poor fitness levels of this team as well I, mean, I know it's difficult to play this many games in the manner that we've been doing it since the restart but it feels like we're the least well equipped team to play week in week out like this because I don't know what it is we always seem to look like one of the most
2: unfit sides in the league Yeah, you say that, Terry, and I I understand what you're saying about the play being on the last legs and that. But we do have options. If you have a look at some teams like Sheffield United and Burnley, they've got about five players to the name and they're giving a lot more than we are. That's another
1: good point. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I mean, what you said then, James, like, yeah, I don't know whether it's they're not fit enough um, in general or it's the injuries. Like, you know, we're asking. as I say it? I think if either Delph or Gabamon are fit I think we wouldn't see these performances and I'm not, I'm not, a, not a fan of Delph but an extra midfield body to sort I because I think at the minute it, um, if Delph would come back fit if Delph comes back fit he won't but if he does he'll go straight in the team and it, I think it's just by having someone else in there a fresh pair of legs It's not as tiring the- as much maybe yeah, I, it, it might just, you know, change the, the, you know, the formula in there. But I, then again, self slugs are made to paper mache, aren't they? So I don't know how fresh they'd be. I uh, don't know. It's one of them. At These last two games, it's like, I, I'm just hoping we see more of Brantwaite, more of Gordon, and we see Moise keen from the start so people can stop asking for it. <laughs> <It'll> be self-included. <laughs> there you
0: go, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, on the note of the midfield being bossed, one of those players was
2: John McGinn. I'd have him at Everton with you. Um, I get it's a similar one for you, but he wouldn't do any worse. But I'm I'm not sure if it elevates us massively, and I think we need an opportunity now where we get midfielders in who are like really transformers. I think he would do better than what we've got, and I think if he, if they they they're going down because they're rubbish, but once they if they go down, then there might be an option there. But I think I would prefer someone else.
0: I'm just thinking if there's some sort of a Drisaganegas clause in there where we could get him for like, you know, less than 10 million. I think that could be doable if we paid it for it for him again.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe. Yeah,
0: I like what you. I I agree what you're saying. He's a good
1: footballer, but I don't think he's what we need. Uh, He he plays in a in a three man midfield, so there's no guarantee he'd suit a four four two, and. We don't need little creative players in there. We need strong, powerful, put your foot on the ball type players. Like we need, um, we need Patrick Vieira. We don't need Paul goals. Like you know what I mean. Like little cre- creative players are not going to fix our our centre midfield issues. So, I mean, Hoybæk. I don't know whether we're going to do a different segment on him because it's you know it's pretty official now that we're in for him, but. um the only thing I know about him is he's got really good ball recovery stats, and I think that's. Uh, <laughs> well, we need that. We desperately need that. that. Uh, that's, yeah, that's an important thing. Whether he whether he moves the needle in the sense of he, he comes in and he's transformational midfield, it depends on the context because. You know, him by himself might not be enough, but him alongside another midfielder might might you know might work. Yeah. Make the difference, but we'll we'll save the talk on that. I'm sure.
0: But, um, yeah, let's, let's let's just say I was. I was right about uh, Hoiberg's going to sign just because we wave a few bits of Hummel gear in his face and like being a day and he'll just be like yeah definitely I'm signing for them. It's quality gear <laughs> that. It is. A bit small uh, fit isn't it? Has, anyone, has anyone's kits arrived? I know you're uh, short of arrived haven't they, Terry? Yeah
1: i mean training shorts have arrived but um don't usually bother with the tops, but it's a good job as well because everyone's saying that they're, they're a small fit, and I think most things are small fits on me to begin with, so I don't need to be exacerbating. It.
0: <laughs> but um, yeah, I think we're going off on a tangent again, but I think it's completely understandable when you consider we're looking for positives, and there's not many positives from the actual game itself that we're looking back on. Uh, one of them was the fact that we actually scored the goal, Uh Ward. for the Everett. Yeah, <laughs> And Andre Gomez got an assist there, which is, again, a rare one, especially
2: Owen, will tell you. Well, I think it's his second assist, isn't it? What well, I'll <laughs> tell you but, what Huge steps for Andre Gomez, that? Um, he's played
0: games. 18. He's doubled his as assist output for the season.
1: Gomez has played games, usually against West Ham, where he's absolutely ran the game and he's not got an assist. How can he play as shit as he did yesterday and get an assist? <laughs> it just makes no
0: sense. That's football yeah, for you, well, isn't it?
2: Are we looking at the goalie for their goal, by the way?
0: Pepe Reina?
2: No. Oh, their goalie. Oh, oh, sorry. Pickford.
0: Oh, Jordan Pickford. Yeah. Uh, well, he did dive the wrong way, so maybe. Yeah, there we go. I don't really want to blame
1: Pickford, though. That's just, oh, you
0: haven't scored a goal yet? All right,
1: we'll sort you right out. Like, yeah. that's, I think that was his first Villa goal, so <sighs> charity case club, we love so. I thought we were going to give them their first away clean sheet, but... Uh, that, the, that, yeah, they, that's what I
0: was saying. That's why I'm astonished we got that goal at the end. Tell you
1: what, if they were a Premier League side, so we'd have been beat soundly. Uh, we were shite, but they they were shite at all. Like, I, there's there's a reason they're going down. Any other team in this division, probably not included have the us yesterday.
0: Yeah, yeah, probably about right there. Um, yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it? Uh, there was, like you say, one big positive, and that was Brandtweet, wasn't it?
2: yeah he played very well um I, the thing the thing i like about him is he looked really comfortable on the ball normally when you buy players from like league two the like fourth division football sometimes the technical ability when he first come into the team it it's a it needs time to get used to but he looks a really good footballer as well as a defender who does know how to handle himself against i know some not 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 great like but he's still a he's still a tough customer when he comes to like own the ball up and that, and i thought he did really well
0: yeah, I mean, even Keenan Davis come on after that as well, and he's a very physical, pacey player, and he handled him okay as well. I thought.
2: Well, it's, it is Keenan Davis, like, right, But it is still difficult when he comes into a team. I think he did reasonably well against Jimenez on Sunday, so I, f- I feel like it's all. That's more of good. that's
0: more of a benchmark to go by, I'd say, than Samath yeah. or Keenan Davis. But yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, I am. Um... They said they're on commentary last night, but I agree. That's one thing with all the bad recruitment that's gone on at Everton for the past five years plus. That's one thing that we've been really good at is plucking, you know, young players out of the lower leagues and you know, and you know, turning them around. You know, like, obviously some of them took longer than others, but now if you look at our team, some of our key starters are Calvin lewin Holgate. You know, you go to John Stones. Hopefully that, um, hopefully Brantway can be another one of them. I don't want to like. Get too excited for him, but it, it was it was a surprisingly good performance. Some kids come on and a disaster. Act. He he came on and um, he looked comfortable. You know he got clattered early by Mings going up for the name. Not clattered like he landed
0: on top from him, didn't he? and he, like <laughs> I, I, <laughs> he? Got, I thought he handled it really well. I thought
1: yeah, the physical I, aspect he did really well, didn't he? He's got a few bad habits. He's you know he's, he's still tra- he's got that league lower league thing where he's trying to suplex the striker every time, so he needs to. <laughs> He gets to he gets very tight to the man, and it's like better strikers are going to make you pay for that, mate. So you need to be careful. And he's he's trying to have the shirt off everyone, but he was good. He was a bright he was a bright point in the game, and he you know probably will go on loan
0: next season, but he could be one to watch. You know, going forward. I'll say, alternatively, we could just stick him in midfield for the next game, and at least we know we we'll actually put a foot in. Yeah, yeah. Or we'll play him in him and Keane, and throw Holgate in if he's back midfield yeah, any enough, just, just someone who'll tackle him in midfield please just desperate to see someone put a tackle in, in the middle of
2: the park what I don't <sighs> get about that is when Tom Davis first came in the team he looked really mobile and like, he could get about the pitch and put a tackle in now we can barely string a pass together I don't know if it's just what we do to these players yeah he was I playing in a to... team... sorry go, go ahead sorry
1: go ahead well Davis you've got to remember when he first came in the team under Cooman was playing in a middle three with Idrissa Gay and Schneidlin and that was when Schneidlin was playing dead well so his job was just to go beyond the last man and get involved in the attacks so there's no there's no wonder he looked alright then Davis now is playing in a two-man midfield having to be the yeah. stopper he can't do it we now know you know we is he what type of midfielder is he he plays in the middle three and he's the one who goes forwards whether he's good at it or not is, is up for debate but we don't play that system and
2: if
1: yeah, did, the best form is Yeah, if if we if we played that system he wouldn't be the one doing it at this point. But when he had, you know, a, a, when he had Adriciay and and both playing well and he was his job was to go forward from that platform, that's when he looks good. And we haven't played him like that since we've had him as a team midfielder, and he's not a good enough footballer, he's not a good enough tackler. It doesn't suit him. So I think that's the the we've now answered the question about Tom Davis, where does he play? A position we don't play. So I yeah, unfortunately I think he's probably gonna whether it's this summer or the one after, I think he's probably gonna be on the way out because he doesn't
0: fit what we want. Uh could he be one of the players? That, I know there was rumours that it could be a swap deal if we go for this hoybier. Could he be one of the players involved in that, maybe?
2: I think he'll be John Joe Kenny. I think they need a right back, don't they?
0: Uh
1: possibly, yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah do
1: you want to They've got Kyle Walker Peters and they all love him, but I can't imagine Spurs being good to deal with money wise at the minute, so maybe it is John Joe Kenny. It could be Walcott. It won't be anyone like Bezic or you know, someone like you know, on FIFA where you just throw in yeah. fringe uh, players. You throw in fringe
0: players. I love doing that on FIFA. It's like the, my favourite part of career. Moses has just been off We'll just part of swap deals. It <laughs> won't be
1: anyone who, who, who we're not seeing playing because why would Southampton want a player? who he couldn't even scout. It'd be someone who's played for us recently, so I think it will be someone like Walcott, John Joe
0: Kenny, it could even be Michael Keane, but you never know. uh, I mean, I'd rather it not be Michael Keane because he's one of the few players who've looked interested in this resumed season.
1: Yeah, but if you're a Southampton fan and you're saying you're taking an Everton player,
0: there's very
1: few you'd say, yeah, Keane's probably probably one of them.
0: Yeah, fair enough. But uh, yeah, I think uh, the fact that we've ended this show really by going on to transfers tells you about where we're all got our attention turned to now. I think the Premier League season in itself has pretty has been over for a while for us, and our last couple of games all eyes are on how we're going to improve this absolute shit show of a team. So, yeah, it shouldn't be any surprise that we have finished on that. It's like you say, we're finishing on a bit of a high because anything's better than that uh, game that we watched yesterday, <laughs> apart from the Wolves game. Yeah, that's but, true. but there you have it guys, Everton 1, Aston Villa 1, let us know how you feel about this Is or anything that we didn't touch on. For a few podcast listeners, it's time for the middle bit where we give ourselves a break from discussing miserable Everton displays which has become all or regular irregular. We're going to discuss something a bit more random and for this podcast we're going back to the food topic and today i'm going to ask the lads what's your favorite crisps terry we'll start with you mate what's your best crisp oh um (laughs) you know what i'm intrigued by this
1: one i'm not big on crisp i do like crisp but i never reach for them i mean but i think at the minute i'd have to go for the uh sweet chili sensations
0: oh good shelf good shelf absolutely unreal like you get them Bit of sour cream, zip. unbelievable. Oof. Thomas, what about you,
3: mate? I actually think the sweet cheese sensation is absolutely vile. To be fair, like, I can't wow. stand them when I eat them. You're <laughs> the first person I've ever heard say
0: that.
3: Yeah, I know people like people eat them all the time when they offer us one. I'm like, absolutely not. Like, I think they're just vile. I don't know why. I just can't stand them. But then, to be fair, I don't know. I go through phases. I couldn't stop eating was it for ages. Like last year. But now I'm I don't know I'm just more just like salt vinegar walkers kind of person. I don't know if I can't handle those not that I can't handle like they're not like spicy, <laughs> right, but like
0: <laughs> that's what it is, you just can't handle the spiciness of it. Yeah, just just the, the raw heat, heat, heat that comes
3: from them comes from, that, to be fair. But uh no, I just I just don't like them.
0: <laughs> so what do we go with ten songs? Um
3: I'll just settle on Solid and vinegar crisps, that's quite boring to be fair, but I'll, I'll say like that, I say that, I've actually just noticed I've got a massive pack of, you know, like a multi-pack of tangy cheese Doritos just in the corner of my room, but I like them to be fair, but...
0: Fair play, yeah.
3: I've gone off them a bit, I think that's why they've been sat there for so long, I just I haven't gone near them. Yeah, no,
1: I'm changing, I'm changing my answer, just popped into my head. Sour cream and chai, pop chips, they're dead hard to get, you can get them in boots. Oh, I know, yeah, I've of them. them in pasta. And you can get them in Asda. And I had them once on a meal deal in boots and they're the most addictive thing you'll ever have, they're unreal. Oh, they're they're the, the literally the elite, the elite level crisp. You can't, you, if you can't handle sensations, mate, then you'd you just be aware off the easter of that nice.
0: <laughs> oh, God. Uh, yeah, for me, I mean, I think, There was a couple couple I had in mind, and uh, I mean, I know Thomas isn't one for handling the chilies, but I like the chili Doritos, so they're up there. But I think you're on the note of anything, when you talk about the most addictive, Chris, you've got to go with Pringles, I think, and my go-to would be the Texas Barbecue Pringles.
3: I never really had them
0: before, to be fair. I've never been a massive I think
1: they're
0: all right. I'm not big on Pringles. Like They're all
1: right, but I don't don't, get the hype. I think they're overrated.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think in general they're overrated, but Texas Barbecue just isn't. It's just the least.
4: <laughs>
3: I like, like, chicken ones. I don't know, was it Walker's? that did some, like, roast chicken crisps a while ago. I loved them for, like, still, they a week, them, week or anything. something. Yeah, I, I haven't seen them in a while, but I, I loved eating them for, like, a week, and then, yeah. then I just steak, didn't uh, anymore. I just went off them. Steak, steak McCoy's
1: hit difference as well. They're
3: they're quite nice. Oh, I like McCoy's too. I haven't had McCoy's in... In ages either. I was saying this like there's like a shortage of crisps, Like they're all out there. I just, I just haven't eaten them. And... What like, I I no like...
0: crisp crisps?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I started by saying I oh, don't really like crisp when I have to do three different crisps of the mix here. <laughs> <laughs> no, you've reeled uh, off more than we have. <laughs> um, I, the, those pop chips, they're one of the nicest things ever. They're so addictive. No, and but they they're proper Tory crisp because you can't get
0: them everywhere. Like if you're buying <laughs> you only get them in like like a posh eatery or sort of like in you know, like a, yeah. like an If up, you're like if press you're buying or something, sell them probably.
1: If you're willing to pay like one fifteen, one twenty um for a pack of crisps from Costa, you're a rage Tory, and that's where you can get them. And I see them and I just go I'm gonna get them, to that nice.
0: Well, yeah, that says something. I mean, it's enough to convert Terry into a Tory. That's a, that says it all, really. We know, we know what box that fucking pack of crisps ticks when it goes into the booth. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, so basically, what we've realised is it takes crisps to turn Terry into a Tory. So if like Boris is out there listening, like there's the, the, the only leaflet you need to send through the letterbox is a pack of the pop chips. Oh, dear. Right, there we go. We've, we've, there's our middle bit. We've sussed that out. Now we're going to move on to the more depressing stuff and talk about Everton. We're going to look ahead to the Sheffield United game in our match preview. It's our final away day of the season. I say away day, but there hasn't been any real away days since March. We're at Bramall Lane to play Sheffield United in a Monday night fixture to look ahead to that. I've got Terry alongside me and also Thomas Robertson. We'll get straight into the lowdown for this. Thomas, we'll start with you. We go into this game in shocking form. I'm going to be a bit melodramatic here, maybe, but no wins in four, four. Sorry, two home draws. Crucially for this one, two away defeats. Sheffield United have Europe to play for. We have nothing to play for. And Chris Wilder has asked for a reaction to their poor defeat to Leicester the other day as well from what is a notoriously workman-like side. If you follow the narrative, this could be another embarrassment for Everton, couldn't it?
3: Yeah, I, I was on it. I just got a full name introduction there. I don't think I've had one of them in a in a long time actually. Yeah,
0: this is uh, this is what happens when you come on a show with me. They give you give a special treatment, mate.
3: <laughs> yeah, because I was speaking to a Sheffield United fan uh, for the opposition view just this morning, and obviously I think we've all watched Chris Wilder's interview. It's quite, I mean, it's quite something. I think that's that's always what people want to hear from from our players. I mean, we're never going to get that from Ancelotti, and I don't want that to be fair because it, it's not the character that he is. It's not all. who he is. No. no, no, not at all. But I guess. It's what works for them because obviously he's been for the last like four years or whatever. He clearly knows how to get a response out of these players. There's been a few of them that have been with them since League One, and if there's a way to get a response out of them, he clearly knows exactly how to do it. And it's clearly by absolutely berating them. I mean, the comment that he made where he's like, you know, these are League One and Championship players playing in the Premier League I thought that was the most like hard hitting kind of comment you can make about a team, but I thought it was fair enough. I've, I've to hear
0: Ancelotti call our team League One players. That's, that's, are the that's what I was thinking.
3: <laughs> But yeah, he clearly, he clearly knows how to get a reaction out of them. And then the the guy I spoke to this morning said, normally when Wilder gives his interviews, he does like two or three a season. Normally the, the game after, they absolutely rampage through. So I said, ah, that, that that's not really a good sign for us. Uh, a team that's going to be motivated and it's going to
0: press us. Not, yeah. not really ideal,
3: especially not away from home. It's kind of a
0: recipe for disaster at the moment, this game. Absolutely. And I mean, our last two away performances were absolutely appalling. So... It's not it's not looking good. Teddy, how, how do you feel going into this one? <laughs> Did I ask? Uh, not
1: optimistic. I mean, everything that Thomas said, isn't it just, just rings true? I mean, this is the the type of side we don't want to play at the minute. Absolutely like a you know hard working, industrious, you know, unselfish side who are gonna, you know, pressure our players up on every single area of the pitch. Oh, you know. And you know Carlo Ancelotti is going to look to the players and say, "I need use to, to carry on proving to me you aren't, aren't a waste of time because it, it's all one." You know we got the a draw at home against Aston Villa and it's not quite this big reaction people were hoping for after the Wolves game, but I think how do you react in the next away game will be a big, a big game, um, a big thing for Ancelotti because yeah, okay. he's going to want to see he's questioned the mentality in going to away grounds already, so he's going to expect them to turn up and you know compete and put in a good performance in the very following away game because he knows that's the problem. And If it comes down to quality, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be an issue because we have got, we should have anyway, better players than Sheffield United, but we certainly haven't got harder working players or more energetic players. So if they can match the work rate and the energy, it's a big if then you'd hope that the quality difference would show through. But, as I said, it's not a massive... Confident, not confident. No. I mean, the, the, you you've said that they're not playing for anything, Everton, but a lot of them are playing for their futures, let's be honest. So but they, that's they, haven't than, been,
0: they haven't been doing that in the last couple of games. It looks like they don't want a future, so, you know. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I'm
1: not expecting big things from this game, just mainly because of that. That interview I saw with Chris Walter came. you just know, like, oh, there's going to be a huge reaction. They're going got, to the, thump us. And I'd sooner, be, I'd sooner be playing a Chelsea or a Leicester team, you know, teams with quality players than playing
0: Sheffield United next game. I swear to God. No, honestly, that. That could be probably the worst team It could be coming up against the Sheffield United scorned. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, it's so uh, ironic
3: that, that that comment, you know, that, um, it's it, what is it? Like in the gym at Finch Farm or something where it's like hard work beats talent if talent doesn't work hard. It's the most ironic comment when it comes to our squad because, I mean, I it's going to be our own like, Do you
0: know what? That is so weird. I was actually thinking that to myself this morning. I was like, I'm sure we've got that plastered on the wall yeah, in yeah. the training ground. Right, right in the but, gym.
3: Big letters.
0: <laughs> and good on you because I completely forgot it. I was thinking that this morning, but good on you for bringing that up because it's a very, very good shout and very, very applicable to the situation we're in as well. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's, that's exactly the problem, isn't it? And that's why we're where we are on the table. Like Terry said, it's not because of talent; it's because of work rate. And it's a disgrace when you think about the Everton sides, the great Everton sides. They never shirked anything; they never left anything on the pitch. And this team has just fallen way below that standard. And and even the players, whether they're very good or whether they're not, you should always be setting standards and always doing the best. And they haven't been doing the best. Let's be quite fully honest
1: true i mean
0: i've already said it.
1: this the worst possible team we could play at the minute a team that's going to be highly motivated with a high work rate and something to prove and that is the complete opposite of what we've been playing like so you know i'm going in you know just with me, with me, hands over me face,
0: going not the face, not the face. Uh, I, 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 thought you'd be having another trip to Chester Zoo or something. To be honest, <laughs> maybe,
1: maybe I'll book a little trip to Chester Zoo. You're gonna, you're gonna get me in trouble. You, my work, think I'm shielding.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a joke. <laughs> yeah, but I thought, um, I thought Branthwaite. When he came in, he just embodies everything that the rest of the team isn't at the moment. Because, I mean, for an 18-year-old lad younger than me, and to be fair, I'm, I'm fairly young. I mean, out of all of us, I, I am the youngest, to be fair. To be younger than me comes from Carlisle. He played like a handful of, he made a handful of appearances for Carlisle. And he's come and he's broken his way into a, an Everton team. You know, Premier League on the Surely that's working harder. It's almost as if he should be. they should all be like paying attention to him and not him paying attention to them as much. But... I mean, at least he looks good. If there was a positive, we could go forward, I think. Yeah, the Jared, Brandt,
0: yeah. Jared Brandt was fantastic in the last game, to be fair to him. And uh, I've heard afterwards Fabian Delph asked him to show some respect. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, that is a point. Who, who do you think
1: will play? Like, you know, I think Grant waits very likely anyway, just because Holgate's injured, Mina's um, probably not going to be back. You know, we haven't heard Ancelotti's press conference yet, so we don't know about Mina. But, I, you know, I'd start Grantwaite, start Gordon, for me. I'd possibly start Moyes Keane. Not, not wholesale changes, but I'd, I'd, make, I'd do at least those three,
0: definitely. I'd, I'd pick Beningamy. Oh, who's <laughs> he? Yeah, I swear, at this point, he's been sat on the bench like four games and Angelotti will still go, time to He's He's been
3: dropped
1: been... out of the
0: squad now, hasn't he? Wasn't he not there last yeah, night? Yeah, he wasn't in the squad the last <laughs> game. Remarkable that I mean, no, to, really let that. Yeah. to let that yeah. go, but yeah, it's not <laughs> yeah, the binning league brigade's gone, gone, gone more about now, but yeah, obviously, Sheffield United have picked up again. They had a poor performance against Leicester, to be fair, in the last game, but the like, like Wilder said, you'll probably get a reaction out of them. And what better teams are exactly revenge on than the, the most mentally weak side in the league? yeah exactly I mean let's, let, let's be honest that's what we are I mean technically as Teddy said we're not that bad but mentally we're absolutely appalling how it's terrific how fragile we are isn't it I mean I still thought we might actually win the game until Villa scored because they weren't great either and, but as soon as we went behind I thought we're getting a draw at best um, yeah, I mean, it, it's so combined combining
3: our poor mentality now with nothing to play for. I mean, it's one thing, you know, some of them not caring at all, but then you you just like couple that with the fact that we have literally nowhere else to go on the table. It's like we're battling Newcastle for 11th or 10th at the moment. Like, I mean, this is yeah. just, this game is just a massive recipe for disaster. Like, I mean, but like, I mean, I don't know about you, you but like, you, I heard about like, but like, I'm kind of giving up now. Like, uh, going into this game, I don't really care what happens now. Uh, oh, yeah, just kind of Ancelotti knows what he needs to do in the summer. I mean, it's the end of the season. Well, oh, no I think we've, had, I found we've, been,
0: we've been doing these kind of discussions after games, extra time segments, match preview segments, and you always end up turning into transfer review segments because <laughs> we're, we're all we're doing now. All the, all the fans are literally just starting to turn one eye to the transfer window and try and discuss how we improve this because. They're so disillusioned with the players we already have. You know, we, we're desperate to see some change, and hopefully it does come. But, yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. Midfield, it's just... We definitely need about two or three midfielders now, I think. this I can't be mm. wa- watching the majority of that team in the midfield play again. I'd, I'd rather see them all be bonds out, but it's not that simple. But Marcel Brands has got quite the task on him, hasn't he? He's got quite a task this summer.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, this season, I mean, considering the start we had under under Marco Joker, I mean, once Carlo came in, for me, and I don't know people hate it and this because we've heard it so often, but I think this time it's actually, you know, it might stick. It's all about just getting things built in, the infrastructure built in, in the playing sense and, you know, focus on the season after. But yeah, it's the same thing Klopp did. It's the same thing Roger's done when he got to Leicester. Work with the players you've got. out who you want to keep? Who's worth having? So, who you don't want to keep? And get your system, your style, your your playbook. Get the players familiar with it. So, I don't want like people are saying the four four two doesn't work. I know it doesn't because we haven't got the players for it. But that's what we're going to do. So, don't you know change it to suit some weaker players and then have to change it back to four four two in the summer and we start next season having to learn it again I mean I'm I'm fine with what we're doing at the minute the results aren't good, the performances aren't good but everyone now has shown Carlo Ancelotti exactly what they are and what he can expect of them no one's pulled the wall over his eyes so going to the summer, we've got players there who we probably didn't realise we had I think um, Branthwaite will probably have a bigger role than we expected. Anthony Gordon will definitely have a bigger role. Like going into lockdown, he was a yeah, promising kid, came on at West Ham, didn't really do anything. Now he's like, yeah, it looks like our best
0: midfielder. It's gone. Yeah. <laughs> he's been the real beneficiary of the lockdown period and I was hoping for kids to benefit from it. I was hoping for a bit more than just one, to be honest, but like you say, Gordon and Branthwaite are both impressed, so it, it is a step in the right direction in that respect and Look at me sounding all optimistic on a show. This is like <laughs> I've not felt like this since the Leicester game. This is no, it's it's hard to think, to be honest, isn't it, that the Leicester game was only two weeks ago? Man, I know about games. Like we, we were all like on game. cloud nine, thought we could get in the top seven, and now look at the state of us, <laughs> that's like difficult, depressed Evertonians. The game mm. seems to put years on you. That's why. Oh yeah.
3: Well, I will say about Branthwaite and Gordon though is like they do look like they're going to save us a a bit of money now. To be fair, because I mean, we 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 spoke, you know, we've spoken so much about how we need another centre back. Obviously, when Gibson went out of Fleetwood, Mina's always injured. I'm not like trying to like overhype this kid who hasn't played a full ninety minutes yet. But like, let's be honest, he he looks like a good player, and he looks like he might actually save us money in a summer where, you know, it's been said a million times when he's tight, it is for everyone. We need to save money, so and then yeah. Gordon as well. Gordon seems to come in at the perfect time when Bernard's kind of just his form's just kind of gone off gone off a cliff
0: really. What and has happened to Bernard? I awful. just can't I can't get my head around it because before lockdown I mean not saying he pulls up trees because he doesn't but he he looked like a slick player who might fit into Ancelotti's system in that role and now all of a sudden he looks like a complete liability.
3: What yeah. has happened? It's, to it's him? disappointing though to because like he's a player that I think everyone kind of just likes like I think that's the thing with kind of him, and Mina and Gomez. So, you know, when they came into the club, they seemed like they got it. Everyone seemed like they got along well. But then I think it's really Bernardo's really began to show. Like, I just don't think he's a, he's a good fit for the Premier League. Obviously, everyone always spoke about how he's too small. He just, I mean, he just is. I mean, that, that's the fact of it now. I mean, but even before that, you know, he, he kind of he could be a man. You know, he could he could play the shorter passes. Now he doesn't even he doesn't even like seem to be able to do that. And when you lose a characteristic that. It's kind of you. You define personality, like trait, and especially in this team, it, it's the same with Guilford Sigson. As soon as he got dropped back out of the number ten, and he couldn't have his, you know, his pot shots every game to try and score a worldie you know, for the season, he, he's dropped off. He's absolutely nothing. And it's the same for Badan now. I think he's just. I think he doesn't fit in the four four two because he has to play too deep. I think because obviously when he was playing four two three one, he was kind of you know in that three kind of partnership. Just behind the striker now when he's, he's further back, he does have to defend more. And he can't get as forward as much as he likes. He's just been kind of found out as not the greatest player, really. It's disappointing, but it's kind of just the reality of it now. Um,
0: how much of the situation within at the moment is down to the fact that players don't fit the system or is it just bad attitude as well? Is it a bit of both? I think
1: the majority of it is the system. I don't think I know. A lot of people go, "What?" It's the, you know, it's the attitude. Like, yeah, the attitude comes into it. But I honestly think I don't think Bernard. I don't think Andre Gomez. have got bad attitudes. I think they're struggling to play the system, and they're struggling to play with you know some of the other players who are even worse in the system. So Bernard, as as Thomas said, is playing further back, but he's also not got the sense. Cent- you know, two options centrally. You know, in a four-two-three-one to sort of play off like. He would have had Sigurdsson in the number ten role and he would have had Jissa Gay in centre midfield like Tino to, you know, to work with. Now he's just on his own on the left. And, and this what this has shown is the you know, obviously most of the of the world of football at one point played four four two. It was far more prevalent. But obviously that's almost completely gone. Only low block teams play that at the minute. And even then one of the strikers is a midfielder who comes in. It shows how many how many players get sort of there's efficiencies covered by the five-man midfield. I have an extra midfield and an extra There's nowhere. There's
0: nowhere to hide in a 4-4-2.
1: Yeah, everyone. Everyone's got their own job to do, and if you're not up to it, you get. You can see it's it's clear as day. There's no hiding. There's no there's no getting it wrong. So, it is a little bit attitude with some players, like the application. They, 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 some of them are late. Sigurdsson one of the laziest players I've ever seen. Like he just doesn't want to do anything. But there's a lot of players. I don't think Obi's got a bad attitude. I just think he's struggling and having a terrible time playing football in the in, in four the four role. He can't play in
0: a four four two. I don't think there's a place for Awobi. No, four but
1: four this is this is the thing, though. It's like that's still the formation we should play to because if we're, we've brought in a top manager and that's his preferred formation, and if you can't you can't hack it, then you're not good enough for the club. You need to you need to move on. And we'll bring in players who can because it takes a you know, a strong player to play in a four four two that you it may four four two can make average strikers look good, but it makes average midfielders look awful because they've got too much work to do. So it, all these players, the you know Wobeys, Bernards, you know, even Gomez's, like There's people
0: for these players now. No,
1: no one thought prior to lockdown that they were probably going to go in the summer, and they still probably won't. Considering you know the money won't be sloshing around like it usually does, but it's 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 shown a big light on them, and it's shown that we need more powerful, more impactful, more decisive players. And the fact that Anthony Gordon's come in and looks like he can play in a four four two, he's left the rest of the midfielders for dead because he's the only one who looks like he's comfortable playing in the position he's been given.
3: I agree. Yeah. I think it's much more. Fun. The system, yeah. But, like, because I actually think the majority of the players kind of do work well in the system. Obviously, because Dinier kind of gets free roam down the left, which he's, he's always wanted. And I think Coleman fits in quite well. You know, when we, we kind of sit back and defend, he kind of goes into that third centre-back role. I think he's adapted that quite well. And, obviously, before the lockdown, we saw Charleston and Cavalier and benefited massively from, like, playing in the two up front. But I just think it's <laughs> the most essential part of the 442 2 is, is the two centre-midfielders because you can, you can get overrun. So, obviously, most Teams do play the the five man like four, two, three, one. And when you've got two central midfielders that one doesn't like playing there, you know, one doesn't have the attitude, and then you've got Gomez who struggles without kind of a an energetic, like, you know, defensive midfielder next to him. And I just think it is the most essential part of of the system. And it's the it's the part that we're weakest at. But I think to be fair to a lot of the players, I think they work quite well. Obviously, Sidibe worked. Well, in the system, kind of like for for a game or two, when he was kind of going down the right hand side. Obviously, we know now that's not going to happen. But it's as if Uwobi's tried to like fit into that kind of role that Sadio played, where he can come back, but then he can't go forward as well. But it's just it's just shown that Uwobi and Bernard, I think, for me, they just can't come back. And then once they're all the way back, they can't then carry it forwards. And that's been the biggest disappointment for me is that the midfield has just lost us. I think I think this season now because the rest of the players do fit quite well and I think to be fair I, I don't know if Ancelotti will have envisaged this before he came in but I mean he might have to be fair obviously he's a world class manager I don't, I don't know who I am to tell him but it's just like Coleman's age and now he doesn't get forward as much he, as he did he fits perfectly into the kind of five at the back now because he, he can still defend I think his defensive output's improved uh, since the lockdown anyway and I think that's a perfect role for Seamus Coleman now because he's he doesn't have the legs to get up and down like he used to. And he doesn't want to either. But I genuinely think the midfield is just, it's just where our season just collapsed here. Yeah. But also, by the sound of the rumours, the, the area we're looking the most strengthened. So I guess we'll just have to say next season now, as long as they can get the players they want in, in the positions, you know, kind of central midfield role. I, th- I think we can easily push on. And I've said this for a few weeks now. I genuinely feel like we're a central midfield away from having a pretty decent side. Obviously, we need to improve wingers. Obviously, Gordon can't do everything on his own. But then, I think central midfield is just so pivotal to this system. And if we improve that with the right players that Ancelotti wants, I, I genuinely think this side could be could be fairly decent.
0: Yeah, I think it's, it's certainly a case for moving forwards. It's a midfield we need. I think a right mid and probably two centre mids could be game changers. But we have to get the recruitment right. So, it's very much the onus is on brands as well to do the right thing when it comes to recruitment this summer we can't have any bad buys this summer it's got we've got to get it right Uh, and yet here we are again the match preview shows turned into a transfer show because we've all had enough of actually looking ahead to games of football now we just want to see new players come through the door new kits out everyone's buying the new kit everyone everyone's got one eye on the new season anyway the season's done and dusted it has been for two weeks But we've got two games to go, 180 more minutes of torture to get through before we can actually maybe get a bit more optimistic about Everton, which I'm really looking forward to because, you know, it's what you want. It's just – that's why I love doing these shows normally is like you like to get your hopes up and get a bit carried away even if, you know, it probably won't happen. But (laughs) But get these two games out the way and I'll be in a far better mood regardless of what happens. So yeah, there we go. We'll get we'll finish off there. We'll do our match predictions, Thomas.
3: Um well <laughs> uh, I don't know. Two <sighs> one yeah, Everton.
0: Optimistic
2: Sebi.
1: <laughs> uh, I worry that we're gonna get absolutely whacked, but I'm gonna I'm gonna be a bit house and say a one-one an
0: optimistic, possibly to lose it one one. I'm not going to be the loser. at all. I'm going to say we lose two 0 Okay, fair enough. To be fair, I mean, I, I, I think I, that's quite optimistic considering what I can envisage. <laughs> I'm envisaging Wolves, but worse at this rate. But I mean, that's probably it's, it's probably about right, given the way things are going. And unfortunately, this team's so spineless that I have very little confidence in them against, especially against this Sheffield United team who are well motivated uh, so yeah this is this is like like I'm saying guys I've got two more weeks of this and then hopefully I'll be back to being a lot more optimistic for you but you know devil's advocate at the moment and it's just depressing so you know I'm not going to sugarcoat it and I think we're going to get beat <laughs> If you're listening to the podcast, it's time for us to round off with the quiz. Tonight, it's a different type of quiz. It'll be another showdown between Thomas and Teddy. Tonight, Tonight it's a quick-fire general knowledge round. I'll be asking Teddy 10 questions, then I'll ask Thomas 10. The person with the most right answers is the winner. Pretty simple. We'll get straight into it. And, you know, we get to pick a song at the end. So, you know, if any is a feeling, quite confident, start thinking about some songs. But in the meantime, Teddy... We'll get straight on to you. Question number one. How many substitute appearances does Moyes Keane have for Everton this season across all competitions? Oh, right. I saw this the other day and I forgot. Um, 22. The answer is 25. Oh. Uh, right. andrey Kanchelskis. This is question two. Andre Konchelskis left Everton for which Italian club in 1997?
1: No idea. I, I, I got into football quite late. It's before my time, so people are thinking, you absolute plastic bastard. <laughs> um, they're going to go, you don't know who left to? I never saw him. sorry, guys. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a product of the Moise era, so...
3: So am I. I'm gonna, I, think, I think we all back.
0: on this show. Just he, Wait, he
3: was the manager when I was born, to be fair. I don't know how I could have managed that in wow. the other
0: bit. <laughs> uh, it wasn't Rome, it was Fiorentina. Fair enough. Uh, right. Question three: Adam Lennon scored how many goals for Everton in his time at the club? I'm not going to get a single question right here. Um, <laughs> nine. Spot on. Yes. <laughs> <Do we? You're laughs> trying it in there, Terry, honestly.
1: Skipped
0: it down the middle. Madge just all fooled. Uh, number four, Samuel Eto'o originally signed a contract. For how long did Everton? Three years. Two years. Aww. Question five, Romelu Lukaku wore what squad number in his first season? 17. Yes. Now he's <laughs> talking. Against which team did Aruna Kone score as only Everton trick? Sunderland. Yes, I was talking. Question seven, Ramiro Funes Mori played more than 50 games for Everton, true or false? True. It was true, he played 67 games for Everton. Question number eight, which team did Joseph Yobo sign for after leaving Everton? Fanabache. he's right. He's cooking on gas oh, now. God. doing this now. Question nine: What was Louis Saha's squad number in the zero eight zero nine season? Eight. It was number nine. Of the he scored uh, in the final at Wembley. Anyway. And finally, question ten: How many goals did Yakubu score for Everton? It's Thirty. 1 oh you were close mate 33 oh, I was going to say 33 and battle. do oh, oh, oh. I thought you were going to say 34 I was going to say that was even more painful there yeah. there you go right so Terry you have scored out of 10 5 out of 10 Thomas you've got I'm, no, I'm never getting sick never getting that right Thomas first question true or false David Weir played a game for Everton in 2011-12? False. It was true he played for Everton's under-23s.
3: Oh, that's so
0: paradox. <laughs> Honest to God. Question number two. What shirt number did Phil Jagielka wear in his first season at Everton?
3: He was probably here before I was <laughs> I don't know. Uh... How
0: old were you then? That was
1: like 11. <laughs> he was still a, he was still in his dad's ball sack when that happened
3: <laughs> uh, I don't know 16 <laughs> he did wear number 16 get out <laughs>
1: no Here way
0: <laughs> question number three how many goals did Gareth Barry score for Everton not a lot uh, 11 Ivy score for Everton Question four Thomas Radzinski left Everton to join which club? I've
3: got no idea. I don't know, somewhere in Canada, MLS, something, I don't know, Montreal Impact. He went to Fulham. Oh crap, I've literally no no idea.
0: Question (laughs) five Which team did Andy Johnson sign for Everton from?
3: Uh, Palace, Spot on.
0: on. It was Palace. Question six, how old was James Vaughan when he scored his first goal for Everton against Crystal Palace? Uh, 18. He was 16, youngest ever scorer at the time. Right. I think he still is, actually. Still is. Yeah. Number seven, who was Ronald Koeman's assistant manager during his time at Everton?
3: Uh, Erwin Koeman.
0: It was, indeed. Question eight, Charlison has... How many Premier League goals for Everton during his time of the club so far? I don't know. Uh, 34. 25. Ugh. Question nine. What was Jack Roswell's squad number at Everton in the 8 season? season? Uh, 20. It was number 26.
3: I've lost then, to be fair. That's the end. (laughs) I can't win.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think you've blew it here, mate. Uh, One, two, three, four. Yeah, Terry's our winner for once. I knew more of Terry's questions than my own. That's a nice fact. Should have done it like the Chase where you got to pick which set of questions you've got. Yeah. So there you go, guys. Our winner of our quiz with the twist is Terry. For once, he's got one over on Thomas in the quiz. And for once it means that Terry actually has to look through his Spotify and pick us a song to see us out at the end of the podcast. So Terry, <laughs> what are you gonna go with this week? Are you gonna venture away from your rock roots or
1: No, I don't think I will. I think we're gonna go for more gonna come forward a few years in, in the rock choice from from the old the eighties days into the nineties, two thousands. but first and foremost. Thomas, you're playing with your flip flops on, mate. So, like you, you, you <laughs> just, clearly, he's clearly just winding the season down. and
0: his mentality's gone. Oh, I'm already on the deck I mean, chair. I mean, to be I mean, fair, season's done I mean, I mean, for me. I bet mean, he's going to have a Chris Wilder-esque response in his next quiz. <laughs> 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 he didn't.
1: He didn't even want the points uh, record. Didn't. Wasn't bothered. <laughs> <laughs> no, no I wasn't.
3: Wasn't interested in going unbeaten. To be fair, just can't take any shine off my consecutive titles. Uh, Obviously, you know all, all the best players have their blips. To be fair, The unbearable uh, up here. E- even even I can't win it all. So I'll, g- I'll give you this one, you know. Um,
0: <laughs> but obviously,
3: so cool. uh, obviously, it won't stay long for it, w- it won't stay like that for long. Huddersfield have just scored there. Sorry, that's just what I was looking at my phone. Leeds are up in the Premier <laughs> League next season.
0: Is that two one to Huddersfield now?
3: Two one Huddersfield versus West Brom. Oh, West, West Brown,
0: yeah. are got a bottle there, aren't they?
3: Brentford are going above them now if they win. Uh,
1: They've got imagine, imagine all the hipster channels all raving over it. <laughs> next season, I'm not even against it. I, I think they're a good team and you know, they're doing yeah. things right.
3: But they all adore anything like that, don't they? Like when actually, Brentford only ball. need a point now. They're ahead on goal difference, so they only need a point to go up, and it's against oh. Stoke. So, um, right then, my my uh, song of
1: choice is a song that. How I imagine Carlo Ancelotti felt in the um, Wolves game, and it's in too deep by some forty-one. <laughs> Fair when boy. I was a little, when I was a little teenage the like some forty-one and Green Day and all that, they were my. Uh, they, I loved them. I absolutely loved them. That's what. That's the. Their music videos is how I wanted my life to be, and then, little did I know that music videos aren't real life. <laughs> they didn't go to parties like that either
0: but yeah in 2D by Sun 41 it's an, a, a pop punk classic, classic yeah I'd say so but um, yeah I'll have to, we'll have to dash anyway because I'm going to the uh, pool party with Sun 41 so yeah <laughs> that's how life is right, you know what's the this about is, that this is America <laughs> I'm older now than they probably
1: are in, in that video they're probably only in their mid 20s
0: that's, oh, that's gosh me sick off my 20s yeah. I mean, I think I've, I've got like another 20 years on just watching Everton in this season, so... <laughs> Tell me about it. Yeah. So, some 41 of it the yep. it's easy. Oh, what's happened?
3: Billich is losing his head here. I've just, just stuck the game out for the end of the podcast. Billich has lost his head on the sidelines. Like He's having a go at the fourth <laughs> official and everything.
0: He's cracking up. He's cracking. <laughs> cracking
3: up. He's gone full Jürgen on the sidelines yeah. He's oh not talking about it at I'm all. G- gaining at the fourth official. <laughs> yeah, literally...
0: Oh, yeah, so we'll, we'll leave it at that anyway. We'll um, leave you with some 41 in 22. Thank you for tuning in on the Toppy Blue. See you later.